0: Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Smith. He and his brother doing a version of Two Men and a Baby today. How are things going in the Smith household, Dusty?
2: Well, it's a little easier than one man and a baby. That's been been pretty much my situation this weekend. Uh, But I'm comfortable doing that. We we had to divide and conquer this time around. So uh, it's it's a new experience for us. So I'm going to be in this position, you know, somehow, some way in charge of a human life. Can you imagine? Putting it that way. It's scary,
1: Dusty. It's scary. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's get moving along. I, of course, want to make uh, reiterate our announcement about our big tailgate event for the Blue-White Game. It's to benefit the We Are NIL Collective. Ultimately, that means benefiting the student-athletes. Multiple times, Dusty, I've heard from fans who say, yeah, they'd like to help out if they could. They aren't the big money folks this is a way you could actually help out with the NIL uh, narrative and and also have yourself a great time. We've got food from 409 Tailgate. we got wine, award-winning wine from the Blue White Winery. New Trail Beer, that's always fantastic. And we're having the tailgate at the Revel XP tailgating lot, which if you haven't been there, it's a fantastic experience. For more information, tickets to the event, go to tailgateclub.com All your information is there. Oh, and I forgot most importantly, don't be the KSN guys there. You will get a chance to see our buddy Dusty there and actually chat football with them or raising a
2: baby either way, whichever route yeah. you want to take. And listen, you can't spell the word snack without KSN. Think about that. All right.
1: Uh that's an excellent point, and if anyone would see the two of us, they know we will be <laughs> down the snack aisle. All right, Dusty, let's get to Penn State football, lots of news going on. I want to start with this. One of those preseason All-American teams uh, came out. Penn State well-represented. First-teamers, Kalen King, Olufashnu, Second team, Chop Chop Robinson. It's fantastic to have three guys on the team, well-represented. The thing that sticks out to me is if you would rank the top players on this Penn State team, the first two I might name are not on this team, and that's Nick Singleton and Abdul Carter. That is phenomenal.
2: Yeah. And then I think you like Curtis Jacobs is in that same tier uh, of player, I think. So he's not on the team either. So it really is saying something that <clears throat> those three guys are uh, really, really good players, but Penn state has, you know, a few others who are legitimate uh, you know, they belong in that conversation too. And I don't know, like put this historically speaking, I'm not sure if other teams were were like this, we were saying all fair. We're not sure if they've had more than this or whatever, but it's hard to think of a time where you know there are some really good players who didn't make an All America team that uh, that are left on the cutting room floor, and, and Penn State still got three in. So I think it kind of it kind of says a lot about this team and and the number of impact players they're bringing back, and most of those impact players are pretty young still.
1: That is exactly it. So you know, this team coming up in the twenty three season, they're going to be measured on wins and losses. The assumption is there's 10 games that they should win, and then they're going to be judged on that Michigan and Ohio State game. And uh, there's no doubt, I get it, and that is fair. But the first step to beating those kind of teams is the acquisition of talent. And there is no doubt James Franklin and his staff has more impact players this coming year than – perhaps in his entire tenure at Penn state.
2: I think that that's a fair point. And even when you look back at, you know, the 2016 team that, that really set the bar and, and was, you know, that's the benchmark now, you know, to, to exceed what they did that year. This is a, a, it has more high end talent. I think, you know, more high upside players on this roster than that roster. You know, and it takes more than that, obviously, to to get hot and start that winning streak and and win the Big Ten and everything. But, you know, in terms of, you know, impact players, Penn State is a lot closer to being in the conversation with Ohio State now than they were even 12 months and certainly 24 months ago.
1: That is exactly it. And I think it legitimizes the excitement by the fan base going into this season. It's legitimate. There's reason for it. And we've gone through this. We talked about the three players that made the All-American team. I mentioned the two players that I think may even be more talented than the three that we're talking about on there. We've had this entire conversation and not mentioned Drew Aller once yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about uh, that dynamic, too, is is fun. Like, you you, you know, you can talk about – what you need your young quarterback to be in order for the team to be successful. You have teams that you need that sophomore to be an all American in order for them to win 10 games or for them to meet expectations. I don't know if that's the case now, certainly like there's high hopes and high expectation and, and all that with drew Aller. But if he, if he's a game manager in year one, I still think this is a team that's set up to, to win a bunch of games.
1: I do too, because there is so much talent around him. And as you mentioned, it's so much young talent. This may be a team that is more geared to win it all in 24 than in 23. But if you're doing a 24 months, if you're looking at these next two seasons, they're they're set up pretty well to be a very talented team. Uh, and and also a very much a fun team to watch, Dusty. And this All-America team with um, Penn State having three players on the team, it's it's tremendous representation, and it just adds to that excitement. The other news item I wanted to get to with you, and I wanted to drill down into this a little more than what's on the surface, is Penn State got another commitment over the weekend. John Mitchell, he's a cornerback. Uh, 5'11", 170 pounds. It's the class of 24, and he's out of Florida. Uh, I want to dig into some more of the circumstances around his commitment, but the first off is just he's a very talented kid. He's a four-star on every service. Some places have him even as a top 100 player. That's an elite player you just pulled in from Florida, and you did it again at defensive back, Dusty.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there there are kind of conflicting analyses of, of how good he is and how good he can be, but uh, it kind of calls into question, and this is a different conversation for a different day, like if you are a casual fan, where should you look to to get the most accurate ranking, like in a situation like this? On three, uh, it's the newest recruiting service, has him at number 61. Uh, the next one is number 208 on 247 sports and I do think the on three rankings uh, there is probably more investment made into getting those rankings right than the other services at this point so whatever that's worth. so I do th- I do tend to put a lot of stock into how on three is viewing him now and there's a very high opinion for him. You know, cornerbacks are interesting, you know, 5'11", 170 pounds, somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, you're not really turning heads necessarily with your frame. Uh, there are tangible physical skills to look for, you know, your, your hips, your feet, uh, your ability to play the ball when it's in the air, your instincts for, for staying close to wide receivers. There's all that stuff shows up. Uh, but I also think that there's uh, such a thing as an ideal temperament for a cornerback an ideal mindset for, for that position, the ability to ha- to confidently say on the very next play, I'm making the play, even though you just gave up a touchdown or even though you just gave up a catch, you know, having that short sort of short-term memory, he looks like he's got the physical stuff. It looks like he's got the right mentality and mindset. Like I think Kal- you hold Kalen King up, uh, as, as a good guy for for that. He's got the right kind of swagger and attitude for the position. You need to have it. And he also can play the game physically. I I, th- I think John Mitchell is very similar in that regard. You know, similar frame and similar way of going about making plays and just kind of has a really good sense for how to make plays when, when he's in space, how to kind of roam a bit and make plays whenever it's not directly in your purview. Like, I think he's just got a little playmaker edge to him. and And for all those reasons, I do feel like you know, top 100 feels a little bit more fitting to me than than a top 250 player.
1: In talking to some people who are part of these scouting organizations, I've heard the comment that, you know, maybe your first 10, 20 guys, the five-star guys, they're pretty easy to differentiate. The next 200, not so much, okay? Yeah. So I don't think this disparity where, you know, one service maybe has them number 60, someone else has them 190 or 200. I don't think it's as great a disparity as those numbers make it appear to be, Dusty. You know, I I really don't. Yeah. The fact is, this is another really good player. And the circumstances of his recruitment, he was coming up for a visit. And apparently this came as a surprise to people, but he said all those words you hear when a player commits to Penn State, it's the feel on this campus, it's the feel with this team, the feel with the coaches, it's a family-type atmosphere. And just to add to it, he was with a teammate and his position coach, and the teammate also has an offer from Penn State. So it also speaks to the inroads that Penn state is making outside the area. And I'm one of those who I love when they recruit regionally, you know, there's the confidence that they'll stick around that that geography is part of the answer. When you go outside the area, you know, you keep your fingers crossed because it's a long time between now and signing day. But There just seems to be more and more success in pockets like the state of Florida, the state of Texas, which is, it's a good thing, no matter how how I might interpret it or how nervous I might get, it's a good thing
2: you want to lock down your, your region. I mean, obviously you want to do that. Penn state is very fortunate in its ability to pick and choose from that whole mid Atlantic footprint and then get down into the South. And I think uh, you know, John Mitchell is an excellent case for what can continue to happen in Florida. He's inspired by Cam Miller's experience uh, on Penn state's campus in year one. You know, he's a Jacksonville kid too. And so now, OK, John Mitchell is a little bit better player at the same time as Cam Miller was. Maybe John Mitchell will inspire an even better player the next time. And then maybe there, there's an avenue here as you're creating this reputation and you're having the success to be able to be in that conversation for those high four stars and five stars and not to settle for Florida town, but get the best down there. There's a road there. There's It's off in the distance, but it's there.
1: It, it certainly is, and I want to continue talking about that because there's a lot to be said for that, and a lot of credit has to go to multiple coaches on this Penn State staff, and we're going to talk about that when we get back, Dusty. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're gonna love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.
3: We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krentzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutrail Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at TailgateClub.com. Thanks very much.
4: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set.
0: It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Smith Dustin, in the quarter number one, we were talking about the most recent commitment uh, for Penn state. And that's John Mitchell, a cornerback class of 24 out of Florida and Florida recruiting. is the first thing I got to point this out. And we've done this before, but in Florida, as good a player as he is now, this isn't the on three service. This is a 24 seven where he's ranked 197th, still a four star top 200 player in the country. He's number 30
2: in Florida though.
1: Is that yeah. just phenomenal, the talent down
2: there? Yeah, it's it's so jam-packed. And we have had this conversation before. It's so jam-packed with with talent. You can go anywhere in the state, and that's why uh it's it's uh, hard to match that. And it's you know, I said the same thing last week about it's just hard to imagine a team like Miami and Florida State or Florida struggling because that talent is all there. And, you know, you have such tradition and it's in your backyard, you know, and it also, you know, the Debbie Downer approach to it, uh, I was going to say this in quarter number one with John Mitchell is that you saw in the 2023 cycle, just how difficult it can be to go from securing a verbal commitment to getting all the way to the finish line with that kid uh, when he's from the state of Florida. And when he has, you know, presumably you'll see John Mitchell have the biggest season of his career as a senior and then okay, now Florida State is very, very interested again. They're they're putting on the full court press, and Miami is too. And you've got Alabama coming from the West. I mean, there's still a long way to go anytime a kid from Florida commits this early in the cycle. But I think um you, you can't have one without the other. You can't have uh John Mitchell committing, you can't have these Florida guys without having that element of risk involved there. Um, But I, you know, clearly if Penn State took the commitment, they did what James Franklin says he always does. And he tried to talk him out of making the commitment, but here he is. It seems like he's committed for the right reasons. Now Penn State just has to buckle up for the ride. And just a
1: side note, and I know I'm getting off tangent here, but there's so much talent in those individual schools. As I mentioned earlier, there's a second player from uh, John Mitchell school, Mandarin high school that Penn State offered another defensive back okay so that they've got that level at one school however IMG has 3 players in the top 23 in the country yeah that's 3 five star players on one team
2: yeah it's um you know it's it's everything bishop sycamore said they were except IMG actually is just a straight up <laughs> sports and football academy
1: you know, there are some people right now scratching their head and saying, Who? Yeah, <laughs> look it, look up, it up. Okay. <laughs> look it up. Well, let's get back to the Penn State angle on this. And and John Mitchell, he was so highly complimentary of Terry Smith, cornerback coach from Penn State, of course. And we know that there's um Juwan Sider, the running back coach. He has all his Florida connections. You hear these players talk about Terry Smith the way he has. You get the feeling that Penn State is a player now in Florida, that they can go in there and cherry pick. And no, it won't always end perfect. As you said, you've got a long time between now and signing day, but Penn State is now an actual player where the best players in the country are.
2: Florida players are listening to the message now you know and th- and that's a big part of the battle is that is to actually have credibility and respect and recognition and have a reputation when you walk into a coach's office or a living room or wherever you're meeting up with a, a Florida kid they know who you are and what you're all about when you walk in there and you know as much as it feels like as we're sitting here that Penn State is a national brand uh it, it it doesn't really work like that with like this age group of kids in that region of the country, you know, sec and ACC are so huge. uh, I don't know that they really truly know all the ins and outs about what Penn state's kind of all about. So now I think what Penn state has been able to do as, as a team, I think the coaching staff and how cool a lot of those guys are and how relatable a lot of those guys are. Then you've got Terry Smith and I know we'll talk about this some more and, and, you know the success that they've had at the cornerback spot and the system that they've got that allows them some backup plans if 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 cornerback's not working for you to move to safety or whatever else um there there's a lot of good reasons from a football perspective to to play at, at Penn State and Terry Smith and what they've done at cornerback and the reputation that they're starting to build there and i didn't think Terry Smith is uh He's he's just an underrated part of the staff even still I think an underrated part of the staff. He's very foundational uh to ins- his instruction at cornerback has obviously been, you know, pretty elite level stuff because they have uh, had a lot of success at that position. But I think also, you know, his uh, his demeanor and his uh, ability to, to connect with kids and recruit is also, I think, underrated. And I think when when you have a, a, a guy like him who's got a first-round pick coming up uh, in the draft to, to sell that recent example to, and then whenever you're able to do that articulately and, and with a lot of uh, re- respect from from kids, I mean, it's just a nice combination. And uh, And Terry Smith, I think, just deserves a shout-out for this commitment.
1: When you talk about that, Dusty, it is that pipeline starting. We see at running back, you put out Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders, you're going to get into a kid's front door to talk to a running back. Is that now what's happening at DB? And how much effect is it? Joey Porter Jr., and now we mentioned it, Kalen King, we're going to see him maybe a first-round pick next year.
2: I think all the cornerbacks who have come to Penn State uh, under James Franklin and Terry Smith all of them who can play like if if you if you can play, you're making something of yourself um, at Penn State. Now, you've had some guys along the way who haven't really made that big of a splash. You've got like, you know, Keaton Ellis moved from cornerback to safety and Lamont Wade moved from cornerback to safety. But I think those are still part of that ladder of success. It's like if you can play, we'll find the best spot for that to happen. And so now you've got Joey Porter Jr. and you've got Kalen King right, right after him. There's, there's probably a little bit of that "who's next" feeling and a "who's next" challenge when these coaches are meeting with high level cornerbacks to to say like, there somebody's going to be next, and we want it to be you. Uh, I, I think you can sell that stuff with with confidence, and you can you can sell that success to to kids. Like every every kid who's coming who's been worth his uh been worth his weight in salt or whatever that phrase is. Um he's uh he's done something. And I think, you know, uh, looking at like Kalen King, really similar position as John Mitchell a- as a kid coming out. Like K- Kalen King was number two twenty two in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh John Mitchell's two oh eight. You know, Daycon Hardy didn't have a national ranking. Uh Joey Porter Jr. was number 324. Tariq fields was number 291. You know, they've taken guys with similar athletic profiles and they've done really great things with them. So I think that's all adds up to um, probably the best sales pitch at cornerback that they've ever had.
1: Well, you mentioned about moving to safety, but you've also got, you know, the legacy now of Jaquan Brisker, Jair Brown. We're talking recent history. That
2: feeds and into it, sure.
1: These high school kids now, they're very aware Of what's going on. It's not like when I was a kid. And you saw one or two games on national TV. There's the Big Ten Network. You know. Hey I got an offer from Penn State. I'm going to watch that team play. You see a guy like Joey Porter play. You see how that defense plays. And most importantly. You're seeing guys making it. To the league. So if you're at tight end. You talk about the guys doing it. At cornerback. At safety. At running back that's a lot of positions there that have a legacy now of going to the NFL, Dusty.
2: And I think, you know, looking, looking backwards, that's, that's true. And I think, um, I feel like there's no better way to get the attention of a big time player than to have a bunch of big time players. And I think, you know, when you have guys that have, you know, buzz and hype, not just like award-winning candidates, not just really good players, but like Abdul Carter has a, ridiculous level of hype because of the way that he makes plays, you know, and I think they've got pass rushers who have more, even more hype than they do. Maybe even player value. Uh, Nick Singleton has a lot of hype because of the speed and those big runs. Drew Aller's got a lot of hype. You know, there there's just the, uh, there's just something to be said about players who make buzzworthy plays uh, and having those players on your roster can be as good a recruiting tool as you can possibly want to have. Because I think guys who view themselves in that category, I think they would like to see other players of, of their nature there. And I, I, I think I'm kind of spelling that, but there's a difference between having good players and having guys who show up on highlight reels constantly. Penn State's got a bunch of dudes who show up on highlight reels constantly now. So I think that helps. Yeah, I think
1: you make a great point there. It's both talent and, And buzzworthiness, if that's the word. And I think also now the style of play. On defense, you're seeing these guys make big-time plays. And if you're a high school player now, you know who Abdul Carter is. You knew who Joey Porter was. You know who Kalen King is. You know who Chop Robinson is and Nick Singleton and Drew Aller. These are household names if you're a college football fan. Now, I don't want to take credit away from the coaches because it was the coaches who brought those players here to begin with, Dusty. So, you know, credit to them, to James Franklin, who's been pushing for this type of thing and seems to now be creating that kind of year after year. We're going to bring in these high end players, not just good players, but.
2: I'll use the word elite
1: players.
2: Yeah, and and they don't have to be elite in reputation right off the bat. Like a lot of these guys that we're talking about are were really really good recruits, but not in the five star category or not in that can't miss category. Abdul Carter wasn't. You know, like I, I think uh, Zane Durant is, is somebody who else who who also has a chance to to really um, generate some buzz. You know, Katron Allen wasn't in that can't miss category. You know, I think I think the, there, there are guys and there's always something, um, you know, beautiful about having the right player with the right fit the right culture and the right development program, the right vision for what, you know, the the staff and what he sees himself becoming Penn state has, has always been kind of in lockstep there of identifying, you know, the, the important physical attributes of a player, how those fit, Uh, with their program what they're looking for at certain positions or whatever uh, and then being able to develop them accordingly and I think there's a lot of these good examples that we're talking about we're not can't in the can't miss category but Penn State just did a really good job of IDing them evaluating them uh, getting them in the program and then developing them into what they thought they could be and
1: I do believe we take shots at the coaching staff when we think necessary This day, I'm just going to be complimentary of them. They're doing a great job here, Dusty. It's great to see. And as you said, they may not have been elite players coming out of high school, but they're turning them into elite players. So there is the development work going on also. All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter number two. We still got lots more to talk about on this day. Stay tuned. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.
3: We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krentzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet and a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from New Trail Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at TailgateClub.com. Thanks very much.
4: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set.
0: Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He's Dusty. i um, Jim. We're ready to talk about Penn State's depth chart. But first, a quick reminder. I know, I know you've heard it. But we are going to have a great tailgate party for the Blue White game. We want to see all of you out there. It's the benefit of good cause. It's for the Penn State student athletes through the We Are NIL Collective. Not only a chance to talk to us, probably more importantly, there's going to be several of the player parents there. A lot of fun people to talk to. You're going to want to meet them. It's fantastic. And as I've said. We're doing this at the Revel XP lot. Fantastic place. If you want to hear more about them, go to revelxp.com. You can see all all the great stuff that they do there, the tents, the tables. It's a great setup. We are going to have a great time, and we look forward to seeing you. Just go to thetailgateclub.com. That's where you can buy your tickets for the event. All right, Dusty. It's a new year, new season in the midst of spring practice. thought this would be a good time to just take a look at this Penn State depth chart. It's a lot easier with this team this year than it has been in years past because there really aren't that many open positions, are there?
2: There's not a lot to to play for in terms of starting jobs. There's a lot to play for in terms of being top reserves in some place. But when you're looking at um, Penn State's core offensively, which is where we're going to focus today, when you're looking at uh, the offensive line, there's some possibility for some change there. But there's so many proven faces back at a lot of these spots that it looks like it's okay. to um, to make some assumptions about how things are going to go there. So we're going to go position by position and just kind of what comes up, whether it's concerns or whether it's optimism or whether it's, you know, a player that we really like to break out, whatever we observe about this depth chart, we'll stick to the offense and, and see what we see.
1: Yeah, let's go with the offense. Probably a little more interesting or a little easier also. You go to the defense. It's more like a starting 22 than it is a starting 11. It is, yeah. Because the pieces are so interchangeable. (laughs) But let's start uh, what you alluded to. Let's start with the offensive line, Dusty. In years past, it was complicated because there didn't know if there was enough talent to fill out the starting five. Now... It's more about, hey, maybe there's uh, 10 guys there. Maybe there's a two deep there. And we now have to decide which guy goes first and which guy goes second. Let's start with the tackles. I'm going to start first with left tackle. I think Olu Fashanu is going to be the starter there, Dusty. Uh,
2: I, I think that's a really bold and courageous um, statement you're making there. Um, yeah, I mean... We talked about this last week, but the fact that this guy's back is a very, very surprising, you know, in, in, in this day and age, especially w- the way that athletes get branded by a lot of people of really just pursuing their own self-interest, um, Olufash- fashion who had a, a big money contract, just waiting for him, you know, the odds of him being a top 10 or 15 pick in this, in this draft coming up were very, very high. But he chose to come back for a variety of reasons. And because he did, um, that really takes the the feeling of um, being stable and talented all along the offensive line and really makes it a lot more secure. Because now you, what you're looking at is, OK, you're looking for two starters, of course. Uh, Olu Fashinu, uh one of the best left tackles in the country. Caden Wallace has a ton of experience at right tackle. We saw him alternate at times. We've seen him struggle at times. I don't know how much more is left out there for him to achieve uh, that he hasn't done already. But at the very, very least, you've got a very experienced option there. You've also got Drew Shelton, who played a lot of left tackle last year when he was needed. Uh, and then if, if those are your top three, then you just need really one or two other guys to surface. And there are some other interesting candidates to do it. So I think, you know, fashion being back and holding down that, you know, the blind side and holding down the left tackle job and, you know, neutralizing uh, the big tens, best pass rushes. It all has value, but in terms of uh, this offensive line in general, his return, Mean, it just means a ton in, in more ways than one.
1: And I thought it was interesting and very candid of James Franklin to say, when you have two positions like this at tackle, for example, you want your number one somewhere and then number two and number three to compete for that other job. And fashion of coming back gives you that ability to move Drew Shelton to the right side and compete with Caden Wallace. And the fact is now the depth part of this is, and we saw last year, both those starting tackles were out at the same time. You have, though, a Drew Shelton available with starters experience and lots of upside available. Feeling better about the tackle position than I have in I don't know how many years, Dusty.
2: I, I mean, really, since Franklin got here, I can't really think of a time where you, you felt like the tackles were in better hands than they're going to be this year. And that's exactly what you've got, the scenario that you laid out where your number two and your number three tackles will be competing with each other for that job. You've seen Penn State go with, um, you know, alternating series and things like that, especially with Caden Wallace. So I would expect some form of that. Uh, and then really it's just like, who's next beyond that? Like you, you are, I think you're hopeful if you're a fan that you're going to have one or two of these other names emerge. And there's some talented young guys. Javon Williams um, jumps, jumps off the page as far as that goes. But there's also across the offensive line, but including at tackle, uh, looking at Jimmy Crist, Ibrahim Treor, two names, the redshirt juniors, that whole layer of player, you know, there's a bunch of them in this class. Nick Dawkins, Golden Israel, Chumba. Uh, I would throw J.B. Nelson in the same category. Like, there's a lot of urgency for those guys to, to make some kind of move here. And as much as I want to watch Javen Williams and Anthony Donko, I'm really curious to see, okay, what about these older guys? You know, who is there somebody who's going to blossom in year four? Or year five, you know, is, is patience going to pay off for one of these guys? So I wouldn't rule out seeing one of these, you know, veterans that we haven't seen on the field uh, to kind of take a big step forward, too. I would be watching for that.
1: And Dusty, uh, let's go to the interior where it does get, I think, even more interesting. The assumption is going across it's Landon Tangwall at left guard, Hunter Norzad moving over to the center, Sal Warmly at right guard. You assume, or I assume, that's the starting uh, three on the interior, but would you be at all surprised if we saw Vega Ioane, J.B. Nelson, or even Nick Dawkins getting significant playing time on the interior?
2: I think if if one or two of those guys are able to establish establish themselves as an exciting number two, somebody who's who's worth rotating in sometimes, um, somebody who could maybe play multiple positions, maybe it's Nick Dawkins proving that he's kind of the next man up at center for when Hunter Norzad moves on. I think there, there's room here to get uh to for this rotation to work out any number of ways. And where, you know, the good thing is you have your top three lined up there, it would seem. Uh, And if if somebody makes a move and somebody challenges for that, I mean, you're going to have to win the job. Uh, but I, I would not be surprised at all if Vega Iwane who was just who is just a huge physical freak, uh, powerful kid, Alex Birchmeyer. I mean, if, if these guys are pushing, then they're doing something really well. So Penn State's kind of in that sweet spot where they don't have to ask Vega Iwane to make the leap into a full time starter, but the opportunity is there to kind of establish himself there. Um, but they've got proven guys and they've got some some other players to watch. And I think that's exactly what you want to make sure you have top competition.
1: And just to add to this, Vega Ioane, 6'4", 352 pounds, and it said he carries it well. He so does. He's the one I, I'm particularly keeping an eye on. I think it'll be very interesting. And they talked so highly about him last year, uh, burning that red shirt as a possibility. Um, it will be very interesting to see him. Let's just go step back. Just outside the offensive line, Dusty, let's talk about the tight ends. You lose Brenton Strange, who had an incredible year last year. I think he exceeded expectations, played really well, established himself where he's going to be an NFL player. He's going to play on Sundays. And yet I still feel pretty good about the starter, Theo Johnson, and the depth at this position.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bren Strange moving on does put Theo Johnson in a position where he he's it's time now. You know, he struggled with some injuries last year. It's time to, to really be who Penn State expects him to be. Um, Tyler Warren moves up to uh, probably the number two job. And then you're looking at, I'm guessing, Khalil Dinkins. They've spoken very, very highly of him. So, yeah, you have to answer some questions at this position. But I don't think you're, you have less talent now than you did with Brenton Strange. You still have uh, more than enough talent and more than enough options to, to keep rolling out three of them at a time.
1: You do, and there's what three, four, five, six, seven guys on scholarship at tight end. You assume the pecking order after Johnson and Warren are Khalil Dinkins, then Jerry Cross, and then you have three freshmen. Doesn't the three freshmen are Mega Barnwell, who we know is huge and may be outgrowing the position. Andrew Rappelier, who we've heard so many fantastic things about, and Joey Schlaffer. If a freshman were to step up and make and get on the field, which one do you think it would be?
2: Well, on one hand, if you're looking to have the biggest, meanest blocker, you know, if if that's what if that's what duty calls, right? Uh, Mega Barnwell would be interesting. But if you're looking for the best overall player right out of the gates, I would say Andrew Rapoye. Like I've I've got a good, you know, I think a lot of people have a really good feeling about how good he can be, if there are some parallels in terms of him being able to emerge early, just like Pat Fryermuth did. I, I think there's a good chance of that happening. He's just an excellent, excellent athlete. And it wouldn't surprise me much, you know, if there is an opportunity, an opening, if Khalil Dinkins kind of fumbles the ball in terms of jumping into that number three role. It wouldn't surprise me if 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 he made a move of some kind.
1: And I think a guy who gets overlooked is Jerry Cross, who was injured, nicked up last year, obviously redshirted, and we forget about him. At the very least, this is a guy at 6'5", 250, who looks the part at least size-wise.
2: Yeah, and it's just they're lining these guys up, you know. They they make it look like it's so easy to to line up seven guys. At, you know, Theo Johnson 6'6", 256. I mean, these are huge athletic guys that you ask a lot of in terms of various different roles. Like it's such a key position and Penn State it really looks like they've got a pretty hard to disrupt pipeline there. evidenced by the fact that Brenton Strange moves on and they're not necessarily in worse position. And I was
1: given credit to assistant coaches previously, worth mentioning Ty Howe. They're doing something right at this tight end position, and they do have a pipeline going. All right, Dusty, quarter number four, we'll wrap up the offensive depth chart. Stick around for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info.
3: We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krentzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the Blue White Game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutrail Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at TailgateClub.com. Thanks very much.
4: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set.
0: We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Blonte. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith, And this is quarter number four of our show. Dustin, in quarter number three, we began our evaluation of the offense's depth chart. We hit the offensive line. We hit tight end. Let's stay along the line of scrimmage. Let's head to what might be the most interesting position, and that's wide receiver. We mentioned about seven names at tight end. There's about, what, 36 different wide receivers on scholarship here. That's what it feels like sometimes. It it really does. There's so many names. But I found really interesting, a couple weeks ago, James Franklin, in talking about the wide receivers, he stated, we've got our first two, essentially, um, with Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. I thought, especially with a new coach coming in, he would just open the door and say, hey guess what guys you're all on equal footing you're all starting in the same place but no he started with those two names and actually i believe used the expression we're looking for a third one how how surprised were you by that comment
2: that that phrasing is interesting and franklin's uh his his general tone towards the wide receiver position has been um i don't wanna say i don't know if negative is the, is the right word, but he's really laying out there in a public way the areas in which wide receivers kind of let him down last year, you know being more competitive and running better routes and whatever else he he said you know i think i think he kind of put the challenge out there to all these guys and and really set a tone that you're gonna have to earn it. Uh, you're you're gonna have to win your jobs, uh, and, and you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to carry the weight for us. You know, Keandre Keandre Lambert Smith is is a prime example of that. Of like, okay, you've flashed a bunch of times in the past, but now the challenge is to not just flash, but to do it on a consistent basis. To be a player on a consistent basis. Um, Trey Wallace, you know, I think the, when, when he says those two names, I mean, if you think you, if you look back at snap counts last year, yeah, I mean, they do have a top two back in Lambert Smith and, and Trey Wallace. They both have to prove something more, uh, in 2023 and then you, you bring in some other options there and you, you, you hope that like a Caden Saunders is ready to compete at a high level, Uh, Omari Evans is ready to, to, to do more or Liam Clifford is ready to do more. They've got a whole bunch of options. And I would say this, the last time I said about wide receivers that, you know, you can feel optimistic about them, but everybody is going to be asked to do something they've never done before. Uh, That's when Jahan Dotson broke out and when Parker Washington made his mark as a true freshman. Just because these guys haven't done it, it doesn't mean that they won't do it uh, it coming up. I I have a good feeling that you're going to have three or four of these guys really emerge as a very, very representative um, Big Ten collection of wide receivers.
1: To your point, and I think this is especially relevant with wide receivers who – A running back, you could see when he performs or not performs, no matter how many times you give him the ball. Wide receiver, it's all about targets. If you're not throwing him the ball, guess what? He's not going to succeed. And I know more goes into it. Is he running his routes properly? Is he uh, creating separation? But I think it's very instructive last season that we saw the best of Keandre Lambert-Smith after Parker Washington went down with the injury. So that he had to be the guy, to your point, Dusty. Yeah. So that is is James Franklin just saying, you know, this is a continuation of the end of the season. Keandre Lambert Smith, guess what? Parker Washington's out. You gotta step up, but we feel you can do it. And the same thing with Trey Wallace.
2: And, and I think most of the time, like not that Keander Lambert Smith saw it out to, to be this way or whatever, but, you know, if you're the guy who's the number three option, you're, you're in, you're entrenched there, whether you have a good or bad day, maybe doesn't necessarily impact your team's ability to pass the ball whenever you have, you know, two horses in, in front of you. Now I think James Franklin's messaging messaging is pretty clear to him like there you know your performance and your consistency and your involvement in every play and you doing all the little things uh that is very very important to our ability to win and lose games now and you're in that position to be the guy we know you can be the, be that guy so now it's just the the time is now to tighten up and to kind of take that big step forward, and, and to a lesser extent, I think Trey Wallace, the me, the same message is there. And if you're able to rely on these two homegrown young guys to be in that one and two conversation at the very least, then maybe you don't bring in Dante Cephas from Kent state with the expectation uh, that he's going to have a monster year. If you can bring him in and let him kind of do what he does and fit in the, into the offense organically and not put him in an uncomfortable spot, that's great. And same thing with Mal- Malik McLean, you know, there are expectations for these guys and I think they've, they've fed into them and McLean's looked really good since he's gotten there uh, in January, but you know These are new guys in the system, and I think if you can put them in a, in a spot where they're not being asked to do too much too soon, that's optimal. And that's what that's what you get if Lambert Smith and, and Trey Wallace kind of win the day.
1: If you have uh, Lambert Smith and Wallace as your first two guys, it's interesting, and I want to get your take on what you expect from, you mentioned Cephas. He's the veteran guy who's put up numbers, but at a lower-level conference. You have Malik McClain, who's just – He's 6'4", got all the tools, the speed, the size. You got Liam Clifford, who I think of as that possession receiver. You got Amari Evans, who you think of as that speed receiver. It feels like each one of those guys has a niche. Who do you expect to step up?
2: Well, I, I do expect Dante Cephas to be a pretty important part of this rotation, probably in a starting job, you know, one of those three that that starts. Uh, and I would say probably uh, uh, Keionger Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace at this point will be the other ones. But what you saw last year, uh, you know, developed late is that Liam Clifford and Drew Aller certainly seem to have a bit of good chemistry there and you can't underestimate what that means. And, and he, I think there are going to be, you know, positionally uh, you're going to be able to use Liam Clifford when, when you need that tactician to run a perfect route and, and have good timing with your quarterback. uh, He can be the guy for that. You know, Mari Evans, I'd like to see him bring a little nuance into his um, responsibilities, but his straight line speed is pretty incredible. And then Caden Saunders, I think is probably the, the the has the best raw talent uh to be a slot player of anybody in in this group so i would expect Caden saunders to kind of come in and be able to play um that position maybe not be asked to do a ton right off the bat uh, but all these guys can play a little different role and i do feel like you know when penn state goes into its fourth fifth sixth wide receivers they're going to be able to mix and match based on situation or uh or whatever they need in a certain spot
1: i'll tell you what though the downside of that different kinds of talent it's still going to be up to one or two of those guys or maybe three to step up and it's going to be fascinating to watch which ones do do just that all right Dusty we got a couple more positions to go I think it's pretty obvious who one and two is at all of these positions let's start with quarterback we, we're being told Drew Aller and Bo Prabulla is a competition. That's coach speak for Drew Aller's the starter. Bo Prabola is the backup. We want to make sure Bo Prabola does, does not transfer. And we'll even hint that we'll have a special package
2: to use them with. Am I yeah, interpreting uh... that right? Keep your number two quarterback involved 101 is 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 what we're looking at there. And I, I don't think it's necessarily false or, or lying necessarily, but it is a, a competition where one guy has a pretty heavy burden to lose the competition. And one guy has a pretty heavy burden to make it clear that he's the better quarterback, which is Bo Bowl, which probably isn't going to happen. You know, I think that the thing to watch with this is uh, if Drew Aller were to get injured, Uh, What can Penn State do with Bo Perbola? What does it look like? What does the offensive packages look like? And I think with him being on campus for a second full year, you're able to get a feel for if they have to shift to a Bo Perbola, this is what the offense can and will look like. This is how we put plays in there designed for him being a little quicker runner than Drew Aller. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's much of a competition. Uh, everybody's got high expectations for Drew Aller. I do think there are going to be some occasions where Bo Pabola sees the field. And I think, you know, uh, having those packages for him, it's beneficial in the short term because you can create a different look and, and create maybe a, an advantage um, at quarterback. It's also beneficial in the long term of keeping that guy involved and having a role. The trick is managing it better than, let's say, they manage Will Levis playing that role. You know, that Will Levis got stuck in that role and didn't want to be stuck in that role. Can you transition Bo Pibola out of that role when the time comes?
1: And I think there's still, you know, some post-traumatic stress disorder from that Iowa game from two years ago about having that backup quarterback yeah. ready. So I do think that they will maybe not see Bo Prabola as much as we saw Drew Aller this past season, but I don't think it'll be like it was a couple years back where Sean Clifford started, finished a game, the way he did with Trace McSorley also. I think he will try to get Bo Perbola some snaps. and. You know, I haven't looked at this statistically, but I'm not sure what the percentage is of Bo Praboula play. Well, I'll ask you this, Dusty. <laughs> Over under, will is it better than a 50-50 chance that Bo Praboula will see important snaps this season?
2: Uh, I think better than 50-50. Uh, I think the way that he can run the football Um, is just going to be different than Drew Aller. So if you really want that running threat, and this is what they didn't have last year with Clifford and Aller. You couldn't bring in Aller to be a change of pace to this or that because, you know, in the end, they both want to be pocket passers. You know, with Bo Perbola, I think you've got more of a sort of a gritty gamer, a, a running type quarterback that you can actually complement your your starter there. You can get of some game reps, and you want your backup to have game reps. If you can do that while also serving a functional pers- purpose in your offense, that's a win-win. All right, we've got 45
1: seconds to talk about running backs. I'm going to go out on a limb again. I'm going to say Nick Singleton, Catron Allen are 1-1-A.
2: Yeah, that's an, another bold statement. You've, you've got a whole bunch of them so far. Uh, my, what I'm watching for there, is, I think we saw Catron Allen and Nick Singleton both get a lot better at the end of last season. So it, it really inspires hope that they will continue getting better through the offseason and be an even better one-two punch next year.
1: Will we see a transfer running back come in?
2: Uh, I would say less than 50-50 chance of that, but if, if the right option is there who's willing to be maybe a third back and a change-of-pace guy uh, and as as a veteran, then then yeah, but it's going to take a pretty ideal fit.
1: And I think that's it. I think they would do it if they could. It has to be the right fit, and I'm not sure if that right fit is out there. All right, Dustin, that is it for the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.
3: We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krentzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at TailgateClub.com. Thanks very much.
4: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, But our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are.